Welcome to the Sermon Podcast at Bethel. We're a covenant church located in western Wisconsin, and you can find out more information about us at BethelCov.org. My name is Todd Speaker. I'm the pastor here, and I want to thank you for listening. So today, as, as we mentioned before, as we, we lit candles, is the first Sunday of Advent. Uh, and Advent means coming. We're waiting for Christ to arrive. And so in the church, uh, these weeks leading up to, to Christmas are all about, are all about waiting. And so um, over the next uh, month, we're going to be talking about what it means uh, to wait, um, to wait for God to come with hope and joy and love and peace. And so today we're, we're looking at hopeful waiting. And um, what it means and, and where, where we're called, where we're invited to put our, our hope uh, when we're waiting uh, for God to do something that only God uh, can do. Because, of course, during the, the season of Advent, it's all about waiting for the arrival of, of Jesus on Christmas um, on, on one side. But, it, but it's also about for us living today, not just remembering that Jesus came a long time ago, uh, but remembering that we believe that Christ is coming back. And so not only uh, are we waiting for Christmas to open presents and light candles and celebrate Jesus' arrival, uh, we're waiting ultimately for a God who promised to finish uh, the work that he started in restoring the world in, in Jesus. And so, uh, you know, as we, as we think about hopeful waiting, uh, the thing that comes, that comes to my mind, and I already gave uh, poor Trevor a hard time about this this morning, is that there are a number of people right now today that are practicing hopeful waiting as you sit out in in the woods waiting for that deer uh trevor's still waiting not to to out you in front of everybody um but that's okay because because you're because what can you do right and i'm not i apologize i'm not a hunter but i know what can you do if a deer isn't crossing your field of view maybe you can can you put you can make a deer call is that a thing no probably a little bit you can do a deer call. Is, is there something that you can do to get that deer to, to show up? Maybe a few things, but mostly what you're doing is what? You're waiting. You're waiting for that opportunity. And sometimes um, I, I hear stories of people uh, that are maybe less experienced, that maybe don't wait quite as long as they should have, and it, it makes it um, likely they won't get that deer. But, but uh, it, it's the same thing. You, you can't control, we can't control when Christmas is coming. Uh, we're invited to wait on something that God promises us that'll happen. When you're a kid growing up, you know Christmas is going to come, uh, and all you have to do is wait, and we're invited uh, to the same thing. So we're going to um, uh, read a story about Jesus' disciples and their hope and what they're hoping for and what it means for them to wait and maybe what it means for us to wait. Uh, so to give you a, a little background, um, in Luke 21, Jesus has, has already come. He's with his disciples. And in Luke 21, Jesus is walking through the temple, uh, the temple in Jerusalem. And so I've got a, a picture of it. Uh, this is a model. This is a model of what we think this temple looked like. So if you, if you look above, you can see modern buildings. But, but that kind of big box and then the box in the middle, uh, that's uh, what we think, um, based on archaeology and other evidence, that this is what the temple looked like that Jesus and his disciples were walking around in. We call this the second temple uh, because the first temple from the Old Testament uh, was destroyed when invaders came in. And, and uh, 
about 500 years before Jesus was born, uh, they started, a, they built a new temple. And in the ancient uh, Israelite temple, in this temple that Jesus walked around in, they would uh, kill animals. They'd make animal sacrifices uh, for the sins of the people. And, and this building uh, had been this area, this spot right here in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. Uh, not this one, that's a model, but you know what I mean. Uh, for 500 years before the disciples walked the earth, people had been making sacrifices in this spot. Okay? Uh, and so I'm going I'm to share a few, a few things that are interesting about this. The disciples are walking through this temple, uh, and as they're walking through the temple, this, it's the center of, of Jewish worship. This is where you would come to meet God. The ancient Israelites, the Jewish people in Jesus' day, believe that if you see that tall building in the middle, that in the back of that tall building, uh, the actual presence of God would reside. Uh, and they actually believe that if you walked into the very back room of that very back building, a room called the Holy of Holies, that if you walked in there without uh, properly um, being cl- cleaned of your sins, that you would, you would die because the presence of God is so good and holy and powerful that if it encounters evil at all, that it just, it just, it just vaporizes us like flying too close to the sun. So, so this is what, what they believed, and the disciples believed, is that God himself dwelled a part of, he, he, he met the earth right in that room in that temple. This is an incredibly important place if you're a Jewish person, like all of Jesus' disciples was and like, like Jesus was. And so the disciples, they're coming to the temple uh, to celebrate uh, a holy day. So that means there's, there's thousands of Jews from all over the region. They're visiting the temple to bring sacrifices. Uh, and they're walking around this, this, this building where people have been making animal sacrifices every year for 500 years. And you think about that living in a country that is like half that old. <laughs> they were doing this there for 500 years. Uh, and so the disciples are walking through this this old place, and, and to add to it, they're looking around. This building itself uh, was actually just recently redone. Um, uh, this image of it, the place they had offered sacrifices this whole time, uh, but the building was redone about 40 years before the disciples were born. Uh, and if you lived in the ancient world, this is like brand new. People have been here 500 years, right? This is a beautiful new temple. Uh, a man named Herod the Great raised a ton of money in, in taxes, uh, to build this, this incredible building. And, and just a few stats right there. Uh, the top of it is 150 feet tall. Remember, this is a world with no skyscrapers. That's, that's pretty darn tall. Uh, it fills 36 acres, the complex, you know, that big wall around. It, it fills about 36 acres. And it would have been packed with people. Uh, not empty like that, but, but literally, you know, shoulder to shoulder, like, um, you know, super spreader event packed, you know, like we're, we're all together. Uh, in the temple. Uh, but even though it's very old, it was basically, it was old and new, this beautiful place. And so the disciples are walking through and they're looking at all this. They're, they're heading in through that gate and participating in worship and they are looking up, just like you do when you see something magnificent. They're like, look at the beautiful walls and the, the gold articles of the temple. Uh, look at the stones. And they are in awe. They're doing that thing that maybe you've done that I've definitely done where you you know, like the first time you see like the, like the Lincoln, I went to D.C. when I was in high school, like the Lincoln Memorial and that big Lincoln, and you're just like, wow, this is really cool. There's something special about this place. And the disciples are in awe, and they think, look at what God did, right? Look at this beautiful temple. It's bringing glory to God. This 
is giving them hope and encouragement that God is real, because how else would we be able to build this amazing structure? And they can't help but talk about it. In in 21 verse 5, they say this. It says, some of uh, Jesus' disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. They're, They're looking at the walls and they're saying, man, I can't believe this is our temple. This is our God, where our God uh, meets the earth. Look at how beautiful it is. Look at God's faithfulness in these buildings. They're finding tremendous hope in this place. Look at the money coming into the offering boxes, the the sacrifices being made to God. Uh, You know, how could you not hope? How could you not get excited about that? And so they're doing that normal, um, human, uh, regular world thing. They're looking at this current situation, and they're finding something good, and they're being maybe optimistic about it. They're saying, oh, this temple, this is a glass half full. You know, this is, you, you turn on the news, and that doesn't have much anymore, and it's like good news, and you're like, yeah, awesome. Like, they're celebrating. They're seeing the majesty of this building, and they're thinking, God must be real. If things were different, who knows, right? I, I don't know if you do this. I know for me, um, I, I do this all the time, you know. Uh, sometimes I'll hear, you know, we'll, we'll sing worship in church and we'll play a song that I really, really like um, with, a, with a good kick drum and you're just like, man, this is a great, a great song. I, you know, you're, you're excited, you're worshiping, you're like, man, God felt real when I sang that, that special song. Or, or maybe, uh, like for me, when I finish a project at work, um, and it, and it sort of comes together, it comes easily, and you're like, there's hope in the world, right? We got that thing, that thing done. Uh, for me, if I finally solve a problem with a vehicle, you get that like, it, it's solved! And then you hear that clunk, and you're like, no, maybe not. <laughs> um, um, maybe it's, you know, for me, like, I just spent time with the kids, and you get that, that feeling. I, I don't know how else to, to describe it. Um, all, the other one for me, if I go take a, a long walk, I take an hour-long walk around, I look at the hills and the fields, and it's just beautiful, and, and you, you get that, that feeling, that glass-half-full feeling, that, like, um, everything is going to be okay feeling, right? Something good happens, and you're like, praise God. And maybe for just a moment, um, when that good thing happens, you get that promotion, you graduate, you get married, whatever it is, and you say, God is good, and you feel that. That's, that's what the disciples are feeling. They're looking at this building, and they're saying, this gives me hope for the future. This shows me that God is good. They see some good news, and they're remarking on it. Uh, but Jesus wants to teach them a different kind of hope. And so while they're getting excited, they're saying, isn't this amazing what God has done? Uh, Jesus wants to teach them a different kind of hope. And the kind of hope that Jesus wants them to, to find a way to grab hold of is the same one that he invites us to grab hold of. And it's a hope that is, is more solid than a glass half full. Um, it's a hope that, that actually um, can, can survive with any water level in the glass, a hope that doesn't re- re- rely on optimism, a hope that's even more solid than a 500-year-old temple and a 500-year-old worship practice. And so Jesus, he kind of pops their balloon a little. So they say, look, verse 5, some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned. Jesus, look at these beautiful stones and Jesus says in verse 6, it's just one line, and inside of that one line is just a massive earth-shattering thing uh, for Jesus to say. Jesus says, as for what you see here, 
the time will come when not one stone will be left on top of another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Uh, and so uh, if you can imagine whatever that thing is that when you're having a bad day, you re- reassure yourself with or you hope about or, or you know, what, whatever it is, you know, um, that, that building, that beautiful thing, uh, you know, um, Jesus says a day is coming when this incredible temple that looks like it's going to last for eternity, that not one stone will be left on top of another stone. Every stone will be thrown down. Now, if you're an ancient uh, Jewish person in Jesus' day, um, God's house on earth, it it represents, you know, God's presence. It represents God's power. And so for Jesus to say that this temple is going to be utterly destroyed, not just damaged, but but so destroyed that not one stone is sitting on another stone, it's it's kind of a scary thing. It's an earth-shattering thing. And and the disciples, uh, they'll ask back, they'll say, when is this going to happen? And then Jesus will say even more disturbing things. Uh, but, But so this is what happens. They say, look at how beautiful this temple is. And Jesus says, don't put your hope in this. He says, don't bet on this temple because this building will be utterly thrown down. And uh, believe it or not, this happens, this prediction of Jesus happens um, about 40 years later. Uh, 40 years later, uh, the Jewish people that live in Jerusalem, um, they, we've been talking about this for months, they, the, the fighters, remember the fighters in Jerusalem? The fighters get their way, and they actually have a revolt in Jerusalem. They, they gather together, they take up arms, and they try and fight the Romans, and the Romans just, just crush them. And Rome comes in, and they lay waste to the temple. And they do that. They, they make sure not one single stone is left on another. And that's why uh, a slide ago, I had to show you a picture of a model of the temple. Because 40 years after Jesus said this, give or take, uh, it, it came true. Jesus says, don't put your hope in this building, because every stone will be thrown down. And they say, well, when's this going to happen? And then Jesus launches into... Um, one of the most uh, least inspiring passages in all of Scripture. And I encourage you to, to take a look and read. Jesus lists um, just a whole bunch of really bad things that are going to happen to the temple uh, and to the disciples in their life. A whole lot of uh, things that are going to make them really wonder where they should be keeping their hope. And I'm not going to read it all, but, but it includes natural disasters, um, geopolitical turmoil, um, uh, personal problems, betrayal um, from relatives and friends, um, persecution by their own church, their own religious community. Jesus says they're going to turn on you. It involves the destruction of the temple, the brutal sacking of their capital city, their home. Jesus predicts and warns them about these things. And if you, you read, you can see it. These things are, are going to happen. He says, in your lifetime, this is, is going to happen uh, to you. And then Jesus says this. He says, um, he predicts and warns about these things. And then he'll say, but, but it's um, when everything seems to be coming off the rails, that's really when you should be hopeful. Jesus says, uh, don't take hope in the stones of the temple. Instead, when you see these things, these hard things, these crushing things, uh, take hope. He says, stand up and lift up your heads. At verse 25, um, Jesus is talking about um, um, all this stuff's going to be happening. He says, there'll be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars on earth, 
Nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. The, the world will be shaking so hard, no one will know what to do. Verse 26, he says, People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. In verse 27, at that time they will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and with great glory. And then what I have up here, uh, verse 28, when these things begin to take place, when the, the whole train is coming off the rails, when it's shaking so hard you don't know what's going to happen, and when these things happen in, in your lifetime, disciples, uh, when these things take place, he says, don't say, forget it, there's nowhere to hope, I don't know what to do. He says, when these things take place, begin, uh, begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And then he tells them a parable, a classic for Jesus, an agricultural parable. He says, look at the fig tree and, and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you know that summer is coming. When the buds come out on the trees, you know that summer is coming. In the same way, when the earth is, is shaking, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Jesus says, when these things happen, these hard things, when, when all of those, those glasses that you might want to say are half empty, stand uh, broken and tipped over and shattered on the ground, don't give up because God is still holding you and your redemption is near. Uh, Jesus says when these kinds of tragedies come and there's no place to look for hope, then you will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and glory. It's in those signs that you can lift up and trust just like the buds on the fig tree tell you that summer is coming, when the world shakes the most, you know that the kingdom of God is here. Uh, because God and his kingdom are, are coming into the world. The other the way the Bible likes to describe this is like, like uh, labor pains. Uh, when, when, a, when a pregnant woman is in labor, and you know that that means that the baby is coming, hope, hopefully, uh, and it's painful in the same way the world is, uh, is going into labor because something new is being born out of it. Um, what Jesus is trying to tell them, and I think what we can grab onto in this season of, of hope and coming as we wait for Christ's return, as we experience a world that sometimes shakes, as we don't know where to put our hopes, uh, I think... Um, we can relate to the disciples because it is only natural, it's only human to put our hope, uh, to place our, our bets on um, things in our life. It's only natural, it's only human to look to a building and say, that gives me hope. It's only natural, it's only human to look to a good day at work and say, that means it's going to be okay. Um, it, it's only human to place our bets on our circumstances, on our strengths, to put our hope in today's outcome, to, to bet on a country. It's only human to bet on our health and say, as long as I have my health, it's going to be okay. It's only human to bet on our families, to say, well, as long as my family's okay, then I have hope. It's only human to bet on our income potential, our skills. It's only human to, to bet on a person, to put your hope in someone else, to say, well, I know that person is good, and I'm going to trust in them, and I'm going to find hope in what happens to them. It's only human to bet on the last good thing that happened to you. It's only human to look, walk through the temples of our world and say, that is a place of hope. But we all know that uh, all those things come down someday. 
If we bet on our health, someday we, we lose it. If we put all our hope in being able to make money, um, we all lose that ability someday. If we put our hope in someone else taking care of us, um, we lose them someday. If we put our hope in a, a, a nation, a nation uh, doesn't last forever. Nations fall, temples crumble, even nice church buildings fall apart someday. Humans fail and fade, not one stone is left on the other. And no matter where we place our bets on that, on that wheel, if we put it all on red or all on black or we put it all on 32 or we put uh, one little piece of hope, one little bet on every single number around the wheel, uh, eventually uh, we, we lose. <laughs> Instead, Jesus says, instead of uh, placing your bets on something in this world, instead, take your hope off the limited, off the finite, off the things that we think we can control in our ever-changing world, off the temples, and instead, place it on the God who made the world, on the one who sustains the world, and on the one who is birthing something new out of this old one. Instead, um, take your hope and put it in Jesus who loved the world, uh, who made the world, and loves it enough to die on its behalf. Uh, Jesus invites us, and Scripture invites us as Christians, to turn from all of those things we use to reassure ourselves and instead trust in the one that can hold us beyond the grave. Because then we know that whenever we lose this life, our life is secure in him. Uh, We know that no matter what system or hope or building or skill crumbles, no matter what challenge comes our way, our life is still secure in something beyond the wheel, beyond this world. We can wait with hope because the same Jesus who walked the earth, who died and rose again, will hold on to your life if you let him. He promises to come back and finish remaking and restoring the world so that one day when it shakes so hard that the wheels feel like they're going to fall off the bus, it'll be the last labor pain of a new world born. That he'll finish fixing this world like he promised. We're invited daily to remember to take our hope off the wheel and put it back on Christ. And if we do that again and again, when when things shake, when you uh, turn on your TV or open your phone and see the next bad thing happen, when the place that you had been putting your hope in crumbles and falls, when the person that you thought was really good turns out to be not so good, whatever it is, if, if you're not putting your hope in those things but in Christ, uh, you'll find that you're walking on more solid ground, that your life is rooted on something eternal in the middle of a temporary world. And if we do that, I think we might find that we have more capacity to help and care for others. We have more capacity to be God's hands and feet on earth when we let go of the problems and the places of hope that seem big now but won't last for eternity. So while we wait this Advent season, while we light candles every week and get excited about Jesus coming on Christmas, know that God is coming uh, no matter what we do or where we go, and instead put our hope in that. That if we let go a little bit and wait, Christ will return and finish the work that he started. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, You are the one solid place that we can put 
our hope. It's only human, it's only natural, it's only normal for us to look for other options, to put our trust in other things, but you are the one that is more solid than this temporary world. You are the one that won't pass away even when everything else does. So help us to put our faith, our hope, and our trust in you. In your name, amen. Amen. I'd like to invite the worship team to come forward. Let's conclude our service in praise. Thanks for listening. I want to invite you to join us in worship Sundays at 10 a.m., both in person or online at facebook.com slash Bethel Covenant Church. Thanks and have a great day.